media kind of sets the agenda for the, the public to really appreciate and talk about. So if the media does, you know, take a role in this, I think people will actually start to talk about it more because it's in the media and they're like, okay, the media is talking about it. I can talk about it. You know, it's out in the open. So I think the media needs to be a trailblazer, a more responsible trailblazer. Hey guys, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. Today I am here with Zane Landon, the CEO and founder of Positive Vibes Magazine. Positive Vibes Magazine is dedicated to sharing inspiring, powerful, community-based storytelling, evoking transformational positive change. Zane, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so much again for inviting me. It's such an honor. Of course. So how are you? Doing well. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I'm having a good day. Yay. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit more about Positive Vibes Magazine and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, I will start from the beginning. So I go to Cal Poly Pomona, which is in California. I'm studying public relations. And one of the things that we have to do, we have to take copy editing, which is, you know, like, we just had to kind of review articles and like, oh, this doesn't sound right. Fix this, that kind of stuff, um, like what copy editors do. And so um, it was a very interesting class. And that was one of my classes when the pandemic, you know, began. So I was taking that class. And then one of our, our final project was we had to create our own publication. So he gave us like three to four articles we had to review ourselves. And then he's like, oh, you know, you're making your own publication. Are you going to put these pieces in the publication like that was like the kind of message it wasn't a huge thing um so I actually wanted to go into the like urban legends scary stories kind of magazine I was like that sounds really interesting but when I was thinking of urban legends it had to be completely nonfiction. so I was like I don't know if he's gonna go for this um so I decided to kind of take a you know take a different take a different direction and you know during the time of you know when COVID-19 was starting I just felt like the mainstream media wasn't doing, I mean, I will say the mainstream media, I don't, in my personal opinion, has not always done the most adequate job in addressing mental health. And I thought that they were doing just not a good job with COVID-19 coverage, because I think they were going into a lot of the signs of COVID-19, a lot of the deaths, which makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I wish there was more of like an aspect of mental health and how COVID-19 isolation has really dampened people's mental health. I was really hoping for a conversation like that. Just didn't really see that many. But I wasn't really surprised because, you know, that's how mental health is kind of treated in mainstream media. So I wasn't really expecting much. So that's what I was experiencing. I was like, what if I made a publication that was dedicated to just mental health, positivity? Um, and that's what it was, mental health and positivity. So I thought Positive Vibes magazine, I was like, let's go as cliche as possible. Positive Vibes is like, what you think of. So I was like, let's hear it. Positive Vibes magazine. I sent it to my friend who's a good editor. And I was like, could you please look at it over? Um, like, make sure everything's good. You're, you're, you're a grammar whiz and I really need your support. And then I just got this idea in my brain um, or my head that like, what if this was like a thing, you know, like, what if I could start something like this? And I like, I just messaged her. I'm like, you know, you looked at it. What did you find it interesting? She's like, yeah. I'm like, what if we, what if we started something like this? Like, would that be something you would be interested in? She's like, yeah, I don't really see many things out there like that. And there are things out there like that, but I think her and I just weren't experiencing that. I don't want to downplay what other positive or mental health platforms are out there because there are a lot. Um, but 
I just, I personally didn't find one that really resonated with me. So I really wanted to start my own platform to address it kind of the way I wanted. Um, so that is really the main inspiration. So a week after I turned in the, you know, final re uh, report, final project, I did get a good grade on it. <laughs> um, and then a week after, um, I just started with a small Instagram account, you know, like very few followers at first, just posting, you know, cutesy things here and there. And then it kind of just morphed into more about mental health. And then, then the spirituality aspect came in. Um, kind of like you said before, you read our recent article on Sal Santoro, who, you know, has his own like witchcraft, witchcraft shop. Um, and like I said, the magazine was never specializing in things like that. It just sort of happened. Like, we were just liking posts about healing and mental health. And we just kind of, kind of weaved into the the spirituality space. And I think it's really interesting because it's, again, we're trying to showcase the stories that we don't hear a lot. So that's like spirituality, mental health, even disability. I just changed the website to put mental health slash disability. Um, Cause I'm actually really passionate about disability rights. And I was like, you know, we sh I really want to advocate for disability rights more. And I think my magazine is the perfect opportunity. So we got to, I got to do a podcast with um, John Register, who, um, you know, he lost his leg um, when he was, you know, in war as a veteran. And so he has a really powerful story on how, what it's like to acquire a disability and how, what he's done to transform his life. And now he's like, just this speaker who's speaking at like NASA, the White House. And so it was really an honor to be able to speak to someone like him. And so, yeah, like I said, the magazine's always changing because, we're always kind of gaining, we're always kind of like weaving our way into different niches. And so it is exciting. So right now we're focusing on mental health, spirituality, disability, wellness, healing, a lot of things. So it is really exciting. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I love how a college assignment turned into such an amazing, amazing resource. And it's so true. During the pandemic, we really saw that there was a focus on the fear factor and there wasn't a focus on providing resources and things that could help. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of talk about how suicide rates were going to increase, but there wasn't really that conversation on what can we do to prevent that? What are some early detection signs that your mental health is struggling? Here are some coping mechanisms that might work. Here are some resources. Here are places you can call, people you can reach out to. We were really, really missing that. And that's such an important piece of the puzzle. With mental health, we tend to be very reactive. That's the culture. Yeah. Is we react, but we don't do anything to prevent. Or you do very little to prevent, should I should say. And I love how you were able to see that and you knew that that need needed, that void needed to be filled. And you actively went out and made something that could help fill that void and to amplify voices of people whose stories really aren't being told and being shared. And I just absolutely admire that. Thank you so, so much for starting that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, I think mental health, I think what we've experienced with the pandemic is a lot of movements and a lot of, you know, disenfranchised groups, the way we approach it is very reactionary. Um, I don't, yeah, like, I mean, even like looking at the Black Lives Matter movement, the hate crimes against Asian Americans, this stuff was happening before. Um, it was, it just, I think people were kind of cooped up at home that they have a lot to think about and a lot to reflect on. And now they really feel this need to support it because hate crimes have always happened. 
against these groups all the time. And so it is very interesting that there's support, but it was like a reactionary support. It wasn't how do we cultivate this space where we're always supporting these different groups, you know? And then like, you know, the main group that, you know, you and I are trying to support is mental health. And I agree, you know, the suicide rates are, you know, high and, and they have been for, I mean, it's, it mind boggles, you know, the suicide rate and even the amount of attempts that happen when an actual, when someone actually dies by suicide, the amount of attempts that, attempts that happen is like mind boggling. It's, it's so unfortunate. And yet we still live in this culture where we're like, we don't want to talk about it. It's taboo. Even like you said, when like they're reporting that suicides are going to increase. Okay. What do we do though? Like we can't just report this and not do any follow-up. Like what are we going to do to support, actually support people? But again, it's like, not talked about i think it's because especially suicide i think because suicide is you know really scary to hear and a lot of people don't want to hear it and that's just the reality of it and i think and you know i think most people think that way you know and i think also most people don't know what to say i think there's a lot of people who experience suicidal ideations or thoughts i think it's actually very normal um but for some reason we think no 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 it's someone who has really bad mental health problems they needed a lot of support and I think someone who has those feelings does need a lot of support. But I think also we need to create this space where a lot of people can talk about it because a lot of people are experiencing it, you know, and I think it's, it's really challenging to live with those thoughts and you can't say or really do anything about it, um, you know? And I think also when you start talking about mental health, people kind of treat you differently. They may, sometimes they may pity you. Sometimes they may stigmatize you. It's like, how it's so hard to find like a safe haven to really connect about mental health, like the reality of it. And that's why I will say about Positive Vibes Magazine, I know some people are like, well, how do I stay positive? Like, you know, well, like positivity is not mental health. And I think people think that way because it's like, people are thinking that positivity is happiness. And that's, I don't, I 100% don't think that they correlate. And the reason why I think that is, I'll explain. To me, happiness is like just your base emotion, like how you're feeling. Positivity, in my opinion, is the philosophy of how you live and how you look at situations. If you have a positive mindset and something does happen to you, you have the tools to, you know, overcome the challenges instead of, I need to always be happy. No, no, no. That's, in my opinion, that's like that toxic positivity. It's, it's not what we're trying to aim, what positivity really is. For us, it's, you know, trying to give people the inspiration to keep going, you know, to share their story, to just have a better life, you know, whatever that looks like for them. That's why we try and feature so many different people, because so many of them come with so many different stories and so many different experiences. Not one size is going to fit all. So whatever you choose that's going to support your life, you know, it may come from any of these people. That's why we focus on like the community-based storytelling. Cause like, I know like a lot of magazines will, they'll do features and they'll do like articles. We don't have that many articles. We just have a lot of features of, you know, people and organizations because I think their stories are just so powerful and they're the ones that we really want to showcase. And they're the ones who really bring it to life, if that makes any sense. So I'm sorry, I kind of went on a little rant, but. <laughs> no, you are good. And there is so much that I want to touch on from what you said. First of all, you are 100% right that, all of these things were happening before, but because we weren't kind of glued to the TV and seeing everything, it wasn't what we see as a trending topic. And now that it's trending, everybody wants to support it. And now it's not that it's too late, but in a lot of situations could have been 
avoided if we were focusing on it before. But unfortunately, with a wide range of different disparities and discriminations, we see that we're so reactive. We are so reactive. We don't care until it's a trending topic. And then when the world blows up and everything is so terrible and it's trending, everyone's supporting it. But at that point, it's kind of too late. We should have been focusing on it before. And I hope that when these topics stop being trending topics and it goes back to a time where everyone normally would forget people's names and forget the stories and what's going on, that we don't, that we don't forget, that we continue to learn, to educate ourselves, to have conversations, to hold space. I really, really hope the world changes and starts doing that. And what you said about mental health, it is so, so important that we are providing these resources and tools. It is so incredibly important that we're not just focusing on how high the suicide rate is, but why is it so high? What is happening? What tools and resources are out there that we can use to prevent these high rates? It's not just that the rates are high. We're aware of that, but why? We need to be having that conversation. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things I love about Positive Vibes Magazine is that you're featuring different stories, different voices, like I said before, that aren't being amplified normally. Because if you are not a public figure, if you're not someone, a TikToker, you're not an influencer, no one really wants to hear what you have to say. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of people out there with super amazing voices that need to be heard, that have, who should have a platform, that have a mission, that have a goal, and that are actively working towards it every day. And their voices aren't being amplified and heard. And that's just one of the things I admire about what you're doing is making sure that those organizations and those people's voices are heard. Yeah, wow. No, I completely agree. And I, I, yeah, I wish there was, you know, more of a platform for people to talk about, you know, suicide and why people feel that way and ways to support people and not kind of also don't shame and stigmatize those, those, that thought process, just because I think it is such a normal thing. And I think, again, this normalized conversations, the more we normalize the thoughts of suicide, not saying it's okay, you know, like, we don't want, we don't want people thinking that way, you know, um, I don't want to romanticize it. So, you know what I mean? Like romanticize suicide. And I will say like 13 reasons why somewhat romanticized suicide, in my opinion. Um, and I think that we don't want to get into that romanticizing mental health. Cause I see that where people kind of treat mental health as a quirky trend and not as a serious issue. You know what I mean? Like I'll see people who post like, you know, memes and stuff where people say, oh, my OCD is acting out when they may not even have OCD and they're really taking what OCD really means completely out of context. I'm like, oh, I have to always be washing my hands. OCD is a list of things of what it is. And that is just the like the tip of the surface of what OCD is. It's, it's a lot more than that. And so I think that we need to kind of move away from, it is nice to see, you know, mental health being in like the mainstream somewhat when I see things like that. But then sometimes I think it can be somewhat, somewhat destructive because it's treating it as like a little quirky trend and not as this is the reality for some people and it's not oh you know my OCD or my ADHD is flaring out it doesn't work like that 
or when someone says I have a test and my test anxiety and I mean I get people have test anxiety but I hope you know what I'm saying like you know um I do like I do appreciate it being like treated and people like seeing it more but in a in a better way that's like you know when I see television shows I see media portray mental health it's like oh they're portraying mental health oh but they're portraying it in an inaccurate way though yeah. and not in a in a not in a good light either it you know I mean it's not that it's not bad that it's just inaccurate but it's in a negative light too you know it's like two like negative things about mental health that they bring up and they portray and it's it's very unfortunate um I was talking to someone recently about you know violence against people with mental health mental illnesses and it was interesting because when you think of mental illness on tv you think of someone who's violent someone who's violent obviously has horrible mental illnesses or mental health trauma or something and that may be so for that for that individual maybe someone does have mental health you know issues and they may be violent but like actually the people who have mental illness or mental health are actually going to be more likely to be victims or survivors of violence themselves. It's that the other way around. It's interesting how it's like painting the other way around when the statistics show it's actually the other side where people with mental illnesses are gonna be survivors of trauma or violence. Um, so yeah, what do you think about that? So I wanna to touch back to the media first because I think that television shows, movies, Broadway, whatever platform you want to talk about the media, news, um, social media, everyone needs to start being accountable for educating themselves on mental illness. I think that it's not enough to just touch on the subject a little bit in an inaccurate way. And like you said, that's what we see. And I appreciate them trying to slowly work mental health in, like you said, but when you have a character who in one episode suddenly is living with anxiety and having these massive panic attacks, and then you never see it again, that is not an accurate description of someone living with anxiety. That invalidates everyone who is living with anxiety who doesn't just magically heal when the episode ends. When we talk about eating disorders, we see characters who, oh, I don't eat, I just sniff the chocolate. We see the little jokes about, oh, I don't eat that. How would I eat that and have this body? It's like those little jokes that might seem innocent and kind of funny for a second. Sure, it's funny for one second. And then you're like, wow, you just perpetuated the stigma for every single person who's watching it and now laughed at that. Whether you meant to or not, I've been guilty of laughing sometimes. And I'm like, I can't believe I just laughed. That's where the stigma is coming from because this is our main source of education. We're not learning about mental health conditions in schools. We're not learning about it from the news or the government. No one's providing these resources and tools. We're learning about it from social media where a lot of people aren't being accountable and responsible for putting out correct information and proper information. And then we're learning about it through the media who's also not doing that. So how are we supposed to grow? How are we supposed to end the stigma? How are we supposed to fight it if every single medium is working towards perpetuating it? Whether it's subconsciously or consciously, they are perpetuating it. And one of my favorite shows that I watch on repeat makes me so mad because a lot of the jokes are perpetuating the stigma. Mm. There's characters who they're upset and they go and stick their head in the oven. Mm. And it's just wow, we aren't in, it just shows that we're not in touch. 
we're not in touch with what suicidal ideation is, what it's like to actually live with suicidal thoughts in an active way. That is so invalidating. And I just don't think that the media is trying to learn, trying to educate themselves so that they can do their role in educating us and the future generations. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. And yeah, I'm a communication student, so I understand. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and say the media is so powerful, but there is a communication theory. That's the agenda setting theory that the media kind of sets the agenda for the, the public to really appreciate and talk about. So if media does you know, take a role in this, I think people will actually start to talk about it more because it's in the media and they're like, okay, the media is talking about it. I can talk about it. You know, it's out in the open. So I think the media needs to be a trailblazer, a more responsible trailblazer. Um, And going back to suicide and even mental health and eating disorders, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, my university has an eating disorder group. And unfortunately, at for the longest time, it was only for women. And I kind of brought that up. I was like, I was like, it's, it's actually, I mean, that's fine because you have counseling groups for just women, but like, do you have a, I do have a group for men though. I mean, if you're going to have one, then you should really should have the other. Cause again, it's like, you're encouraging only women get eating disorders and yes, more women are going to get eating disorders than men do, but you don't want to discount or disprove what men have, or what the men are experiencing. So yes, I, I did bring it up to like one of the coordinators and it was, they weren't even part of it, but I was like, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Cause I was thinking about joining it. Cause it was just a body positivity. I, I didn't, most of them are, are experiencing eating disorders, but I was like, Oh, I just would like to attend to see what it's about, you know, understand my body and all this stuff. And so I didn't cause it wasn't for men and they did change it. But I just, at that point, I just was involved in different things. I just didn't have the time. And, you know, I, I love that you talk about your favorite show because my favorite show, I'll talk about my favorite show. And this show is actually, I'll say it. I've actually never talked about this, um, you know, like on a podcast, but my favorite show is Degrassi. And I think that Degrassi was playing a very important role in, you know, young adults and teen social issues. I still watch it to this day, but um, the way that they did show eating disorders was pretty horrid. Um, you know, one of the main characters had an eating disorder and they built it up really fast and they had the whole situation in two episodes and they really didn't bring it up again. There was one episode where they brought up body issues and she just kind of got over it. It would have been a good experience for her to be triggered by it, maybe experience those feelings again, but they kind of just ignored it. Then another character just randomly had bulimia and it was resolved the next episode. It was I'm sorry, it was, just, it was really irresponsible for them. Um, but then they do really good stories. Like there was the story in season 12 where they had, the character was there for a season and the character does die by suicide. Um, but the signs are there the whole time. And it was great because it was a whole season. They're really showing the little things he says, the things that he mentions, his thoughts, his feelings. And, they, and, and when you really think about it in hindsight, you're like, oh, it really wasn't that surprising he did that. Uh, but no one saw the signs. And I thought that was response. So it's interesting how, they can do well in one area of mental health, but then another area, they just really fall flat. And I think that's really interesting how, you know, how whites like that. So, yeah. So thanks for sharing, you know, about eating disorders and mental health. And I really appreciate, I really appreciate the work you're doing. And it's really hard to, you know, I don't want to say like change, I don't want to say change the media, but, you know, shift the media in a more, you know, responsible way. And so, that's kind of my angle with Positive Vibes magazine. I would love for it to actually become 
like the positive vibes news network <laughs> where yeah we're literally it's like an hour or two on positive news not happy news positive news where it's like this teen is doing this work in mental health you know this teen is starting their own suicide hotline so i mean i'm making this stuff up but stuff like that not news to make you feel good because some people may not feel good by that they're like oh it's suicide but it is very positive news because look at look at this teenager look at these people doing these amazing things and i just love it and then so the first part would be like that and the second part would be we actually bring an expert in something and let's just have a conversation in a way it would be like late night tv it just wouldn't be it really wouldn't be funny <laughs> it would not be like really celebritized like how it is and it wouldn't be political it would just be let's talk about the amazing things happening in the world and then let's bring an expert to talk about their experience with the eating disorder mental health spirituality something we don't see like let's break the chains or the stigma and let's actually invite these conversations and that's what I want to see. So that's my dream for the magazine to actually become like a positive news station. And I, I see Instagram accounts and different social medias where it's like, like the power of positivity and positive news. I just wish it was like on television, you know, like an actual, like that it's on that medium. So people can actually watch it. I think that would be really interesting. So that's my goal for that. <laughs> I love that so, so much. Because it's so true, we don't see that on TV. On TV, we have Alex from Target who was trending on Twitter, I think. I don't know where he's trending. He's getting a platform. We're pulling him in because it went something went viral. But people who are working every single day to make a positive impact, who are just Nothing against Alex and Target. I don't know much about him. That was just a thing <laughs> that came to my head. I feel like I should say that. But the people who are working every single day to make positive change, who are doing things that are going unnoticed, no one is giving them a platform. No one is amplifying that. We're only focused on, again, what's trending at the moment. And if it seems funny and it'll get laughs, it'll get ratings up. So we're going to focus on that. Mm-hmm. But again, we're leaving a whole segment of people who are now uneducated because no one's doing the education piece. Dr. Phil does a great job with the education piece. I will give him that. But we need more of that. We need more conversations going and more positive change conversations, how the world is shifting into a better tomorrow. Because right now, when I turn on the TV, it's a lot of fear factor, a lot of jokes about things that happened in the past, a lot of jokes about what's happening right now, but no one is talking about the positive change that's going to bring us to a better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that is something that needs to start happening. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Um, yeah. I, I wish it's like, that's what I want the platform to be like a platform for the minority or the unknown. Um, and I don't mean like minority, like just, you know, like minority in, in the United States. I mean, anything minority, like the teenager who started their own food drive, that's minority because I don't hear those stories. That's how that's how I think about it. Um, but I mean, of course, we're, I, I don't want to say like we're not targeting minorities. We are. You know, I, I want to feature minor, minoritized voices and we try our best to get, you know, Black voices on there, you know, LGBTQ voices. We try our, def- we try our best. And um, if anyone reaches out and they have a powerful story, we'll feature them, you know, if they're doing that, like you said, that positive change, we'll feature them. And, you know, it's, that's all we, that's all we really care about. And so I'm really excited 
you know, about like the future of the magazine. And I really hope we have more diverse stories. And I, I'm really happy that, you know, the stories we have shared are pretty diverse, but we can always take a step further, of course, you know, with everything. So I am, I am beyond excited for that. And yeah, there really isn't much news or media talking about mental health. Um, I even think it's interesting because there's even some instances where Dr. Phil is kind of problematic. And I think that's very interesting as well <laughs> about, because sometimes I think the people he brings on, I think sometimes he brings on the really extreme to get the entertainment from it. You know what I mean? Um, I, I know that sounds weird, but sometimes I feel like when I see like some of these really extreme stories that they pick, I think it's purposeful to get trending and to be entertaining. Like, well, these are the extreme stories. These people are really crazy. Air quotes, people don't see that. Because um, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to use that word, but that's how people react to it, you know? Um, it may not be, and I, but it, it depends. I don't 100% know what goes on in the studio, but that's kind of the impression I get sometimes when I watch some of his shows. But then I agree, some of the shows are actually really inspiring and really educational. But then sometimes I feel like they were purposely picked <laughs> just to get a reaction of audience, you know? So it's hard. It's always hard when it's a network or television show. You're like, what's really their angle, you know? Exactly. Everyone has an ulterior motive. But again, when you pick from the extremes, it's great to hear the extreme stories. But it's also important to hear the everyday stories of Mm. the high school student living with anxiety who's struggling to go to class when they get called on in class and they're not prepared when there's an exam and they can't get out of their heads. What can they do? Because that's really common. Our suicide rate is so high from ages 10 to 35. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about students and mental health. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about depression as you're getting older and your body's changing, your world is kind of changing. All of a sudden, you are growing into somebody and you don't know what's next. But everyone's expecting you to decide what college you're going to, what major you're doing, and that's it. I can tell you that I just completed a master's program. That was the biggest mistake of my life. I should not have done that master's. I'm going back for another master's. It was not something I was interested in, but I didn't know what to pick. And I think so many people deal with that. And there's a lot of mental health conditions that come out of that stress and pressure. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we amplifying those voices? We're focused on a lot of extremes, which again, so great to hear it because extreme cases still happen. And if we Mm -hmm. aren't providing these tools and resources, people will end up in those extreme situations. So I'm not saying that those shouldn't be told, but we also need those everyday stories that Mm -hmm. majority of the population can relate to and say, wait, that's something I'm going through. Or I wonder if my daughter feels that way or my son feels that way or my kid feels that way. I wonder if someone I know is going through this, what can I do to help them and support them? How can I open a conversation to check in? Those are the conversations that we need to be having. How can we check in? How can we make sure that someone else isn't struggling in silence? That's what's important. Yeah, and I don't mean to say that we shouldn't hear the extreme stories. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, but I definitely want to clarify if people think that what I'm just saying is I, we do need to hear the extreme stories, but I'm just curious on if they're chosen because they need to be told or because they 
wants to get a reaction out of an audience, you know? So that's, I'm not saying they do. I'm just saying that's my thought process. Um, you know, things I question, but I do agree. Cause you know, we need to show that the everyday stories happen, but the extreme happens where it's like, if you continue and your mental health or your anxiety is unaddressed, this extreme can happen. And then many people think, no, that'll never happen to me. It'll never get that bad. Well, it just builds up and it builds up very slowly and you don't see it. And then all of a sudden you have this meltdown or breakdown. You're like, where did this even come from? <laughs> and so it's like, it came from that buildup that you, you know, you were stifling, that you just kind of were putting down because you didn't want to, you didn't want to feel it or experience it or people around you didn't want to hear it. And I think it's really unfortunate when it comes to that extreme, especially when they're really young. I mean, it, for anyone, but for a child to experience, I think, you know, it's, it's really hard because they're just a child trying to navigate something and they don't really fully understand how the world works. And, you know, it's, I think that's really unfortunate when it happens to kids. And that's why, like you said, it's so important because you said the suicide rate is so high for young people, like young adults, children. And so it really needs to be addressed and somehow mental health needs to get into the educational system somehow. I don't know what that means, but I mean, I took a class in high school on health, you know, talking about physical health, talking about, you know, condoms and sex and all that stuff. But why weren't we talking about the mental health aspect of it? Um, And it's really interesting because when it comes to a lot of those topics, mental health will come from it, you know, especially when we talk about STDs, if someone gets an STD, they may experience very severe mental health issues. Um, And that's the thing with mental health, they can really hit anyone. Doesn't mean you have a mental illness, you know, doesn't mean you're diagnosed, but you know, you're going to experience you probably will experience depression, anxiety at some point, and everyone's going to experience it at different levels. And so it's really good, I think, you know, to know about that and what are the tools. And even if, even if you really think you're never going to experience it, maybe you won't, maybe you won't experience it as much as someone else will, you know, but if it does happen, it does hit you. It'd be, it would be really nice if you had those tools to support you. I'm not saying like the class you took on mental health is really going to make a lot of difference, but maybe it will. You know, that's the thing. Maybe some people will ignore it. Maybe some people are like, oh, this isn't real. I don't care about this stuff. But maybe that one person in class really needs the instruction, you know, really needs that support. And that that resource maybe can save their life. I think, yeah, there really needs to be more talks on this. Because I remember in high school, we didn't talk about this stuff at all. Even on my college campus, there was no mental health club. I mean, they had active minds when I was um, a first year. But then it got, it just stopped. Like, you know, the people just... I think most of the people graduated. So I, I actually restarted this year. So I've been doing active minds this year um, and it's been somewhat helpful, but again, it is hard to get people engaged during the pandemic, but, you know, trying to help at least one person who, you know, may be struggling, especially now because of the pandemic. Um, and I think it's even more important to have like these normalized conversations now, because I think people, like you said, are cooped up at home all the time on the TV <laughs> and people are losing people. You know, some people are losing their family and their friends and even just seeing so many deaths happening it's a lot for some people um I was actually talking about this with someone you know someone who's very spiritual we talked about how there's actually been a lot of deaths that aren't COVID related you know we're seeing like a lot of heart attacks you know there are people who are even getting heart attacks that really didn't show signs of heart attack or anything like that before which is really interesting and so I really think I don't think it's anything like really spiritual but I think pandemic has been just so hard on people's hearts and people's bodies and minds that you know if people's physical health is you know really they're really experiencing something like that I can't imagine how how horrible it can be for other people experiencing mental health issues and challenges so I really think that 
we really need to address this stuff. I mean, I really don't, well, I will say, you know, I, I know you talked about before, you know, sometimes it may be too late for that one person, but I really hope we can begin addressing it soon, like as a society, as a collective, just because I don't want to continue moving forward with a lot more suicides. And again, if you look at, I don't remember the exact statistic, you know, whenever someone does die by suicide, the amount of attempts that happen, it's baffling how many people were attempting suicide then. It's millions. And so <laughs> we can't continue to ignore it. It's not a taboo subject when so many young people are experiencing this. Like, and I think if we continue to treat it as like a taboo, we're really doing just a disservice to our youth because um, everyone says youth is key. Everyone says, you know, young, I mean, the young generation is going to change the world. But not if we're, we need to be cultivating that though and, and supporting them. And also let's not continue the culture of that. I don't want the young generation to grow up and be in the workforce and still not addressing it and still not creating a workspace or just a culture where it is very opening and inviting. And I will say, I think the pandemic has done that a little bit. You know, I think it's interesting that when you look at the work environment and also just the, just the idea of working, that people were actually like kind of understanding now that, oh, you know, I really need to pick up my daughter. I really need a mental health day. And, you know, people were like, oh, yeah, totally. I get it. There's so much going on in the world. I don't like that reason, but I like that they're being understanding. But I don't like when they say, oh, yeah, a lot's going on in the world. I get it. Well, despite anything going on, I, I really think we should be understanding when someone needs to pick up their daughter, if they're a parent, if there's a pandemic or not, you know? So I think I... I, with whatever happens, like with the pandemic or whenever, or whatever it's going to look like with the vaccinations and it changing, I really hope the workforce still is inclusive to your know, mental health and people's mental space and all that kind of stuff, because I think people have had to be kind of vulnerable during this time, especially with working from home, kind of let, letting people into their kind of personal life, really. And so I really hope we can continue that. And the workforce does too, so... I hope so too. And illness is the world's greatest equalizer and that's both physical and mental. It doesn't matter who you are or where you came from, your ethnic background, your um, economic background, your race, your age, none of that matters. Everyone is vulnerable. Yeah. And we need to start having these conversations. We need to continue to amplify the voices of people who are trying to educate, who are trying to make positive change, who are working towards a better tomorrow. And Zane, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for what you're doing with Positive Vibes Magazine. And I cannot wait to watch your future news channel and the amazing <laughs> interviews you're going to host. Well, wonderful again. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I hope, you know, us doing this, it really can you know, impact that one person. And you never know that one person may be able to change millions. It's, it's interesting. You know, sometimes you don't really see, sometimes you don't see the impact that you're making. You know, I get doubts all the time. Like, am I really making an impact? Someone reached out to me because I am passionate about disability. And they said, you know, no one really talks about disability. And I was talking about how it was my passion. And it was someone who's in like the PR industry. Um, and she like, you know, she's so supportive. She was so nice. Like she, she saw my resume and she was like, she was saying, you're, you know, you have a gift for storytelling. And I was like, thank you. Um, I did bring up my passion for disability. And she reached out to me like a week later saying, 
my husband has a disability and he doesn't he may tell me certain things he might not tell me but he was so impressed when you know when I told him about you and I'm like I mean that's great because like I never hear if I'm making an impact so I never know sometimes and sometimes it's nice to get that little recognition um not because like oh I got recognition but no it's because like wow someone was actually impacted by something I did and all I did was talk about it I didn't really do anything profound I just talked about disability and I think even just having this conversation on mental health could change someone's life so much just having a conversation it doesn't even have to be profound advice it's just opening up a little conversation with someone that you don't I hardly even know I don't really even know them that well and I think it's amazing what it can turn into so that's why when people say like what can we do for disability mental health just talk about it please read about it bring it up you know when someone does have mental health don't discount their experiences talk about it embrace it you know even just with emotions in general we you know we 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 tend to stifle like depression anger and we kind of want the happiness and that's what people may think about positive magazine no 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 because we understand that the person or the being comes with those emotions and for you to live a good life you have to experience anger and depression you can't always just be happy just like you can't always be angry or depressed um because we know it's not healthy literally everything and we really need a balance of everything and that's that's what we're trying to aim is people just find peace within themselves maybe it should be peace vibes magazine because really positivity i see is peace like inner peace and tranquility. So, (laughs) but again, thank you so much. I'm really excited for the future.